0: Matthew 6, verse number 9. Ready? The first two words. Our Father. Say them with me. Our Father. Now, I want you to dwell on those two words because when you and I pray our Father, this is what it means. Ready? It means family. It means family immediately. Now often, when we get home as a family, we've been traveling or we've been in a busy time, or when company leaves our home, or humorously when grandchildren leave our home, Clint will come where Doug and I are, he'll hold out his hands, and he'll say, ready, family. Family. Now, if we are any place close to Clint as he does this, he actually grabs us around our waist, pulls us into him tightly and says, family. And he won't let us go until we echo. Family. When we say our father, this is the connotation, it's family, literally Jesus, he's teaching his disciples and he's saying to his disciples, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, and what our Savior is doing is he's stretching out his nail-pierced hands and he's pulling you in along with encircling his Father. And this is what he's saying. Good morning, good morning. He's saying, yes, he is saying good morning, but he's saying (laughs) literally, he's saying, ready, family. You can just pull that chair into the middle as we try to... Uh, distance ourselves a little bit and then there's Julie's not here so Deb it's great to see you yeah she's not here no no so when we say the first two words of our Lord teaching us to pray what are we saying girls we're saying now let me just tell you what that means family has the connotation of ready I'm here for you God set up family to fill us every day in the very best ways. When when we say family, we're saying, I'm here for you. Now, God's word says it this way. My Bible. My Bible is always on this side. (laughs) I'm such a creature of habit. God's word says it this way. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, Jen. I'm always with you. Family family says, um, I've got your back. I mean, you may pick on anybody you want, but when you pick on family, what does it mean? I've got your your back, because we're family. Now, this is the way God says it in Psalm 139. Thou compass my path and my lying down. Thou hast set me behind and before. Family has the connotation of encouragement. Family says, oh, come on, try again. Come on, I'll help you. Come on, let's see if we can do this. That's family. Do you know what God says? Our very Jesus who is teaching us to pray and is saying, begin with our Father because it means family. This is what it means. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheth me. Come on, let's try again. Let's do this again in my strength. Family. Family. Family is, I was just thinking about you. Have you ever called your family members and and you you connect on the phone? I was just going to call you. I was just thinking about you. Family is I'm thinking about you. Now, God says it this way, and I love it. Again, it's Psalm 139. I challenge you and encourage you to memorize that chapter. God says this is what he says. He puts it this way. He says, I know your thoughts before you think them. And you know what my thoughts are toward you? They are precious. And there are so many of them, if you were to number them, Colleen, we couldn't number God's thoughts toward us. We are always on his mind. I could go on and on and on with what we have because of those first two words in the Lord's Prayer, our Father. So savor that truth this afternoon. Chew on it and taste it, which brings us to another family connotation. Let's eat. Let's eat. Our Bible says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. See, that tasting takes us to verse 11 in our Lord's Prayer, which is now as we enter this next part of the Lord's Prayer, Give us this day, Our daily bread. Your Sunday school cookie is a slice of bread, but it's oh so much more as we get into this. Give us this day our daily bread. August 27th was my dad's birthday last week. Uh, Dad's been in heaven for five years now. But My sister, my sweet sister, sent the sibling link that we have going on our phone, uh, a compilation of birthday pictures and, and family pictures of dad. Okay, on his birthday, as we celebrated that date. And do you know what every single one of those pictures had in common besides Dad, whom we were honoring? Food. Food, <laughs> Food Donna. The table piled with platters of food and all of our faces around the table. My sweet little mom with her delicious butterhorn rolls on a pretty plate, putting them on the table. Our faces around a campfire, everybody having a Hershey bar in one hand and a marshmallow at the end of a stick in the other hand. Dad standing by Doug at the grill doing all the taste testing and laughing as he was just, you know, eating half his meal right there by the grill. Food, family and food just simply go together and our father made us that way so that we would understand a deeper aspect about food. This is what we're going to get into me being a foodie, I just love this. Um, It was so cute. Little Autumn was standing, by the way, Little Autumn uh, airbrushed most of those leaves on your slice of bread as she was standing beside me. It was so much fun. Barb, she's got, she's got your talent for detail and fine motor skills. I mean, it was beautiful. You know, I'm going, she had never airbrushed before. And um, it was a spontaneous visit. I didn't know she was coming. I, I was all set up to do this picky job that I personally love doing. Autumn comes to the door with Grandpa, you know, and I'm here, Grandma. I said, great. You want to try this with me? Yeah. She so grasped the ring. I just love that. Um, so anyway, uh, I can't get off on that. <laughs> get you talking on grandchildren and the time just flies. Food and family. Get this deeper thought concerning food and eating. Some of you are saying, Kathy, I know everything there is to know about food and eating. I agree. I am a foodie. I I know so much about food and eating, but the point about eating and swallowing and tasting is far deeper and far greater for us. The point of food is to be filled. Tell the lady next to you, the point of food is to be filled. Because you aren't going to believe where this is going to take us. Yeah. Yeah. And, And God says, your tummy? Yes. See, that's the first aspect that we feel physically is, yeah. Yeah, my tummy's empty. My tummy needs to be filled. But more importantly... Our souls, our hearts, our minds. Right now, you dear moms during this time that have just dropped kids off at colleges, your heart and your mind, you need it filled with the right stuff right now because it's either empty or it's filled with sadness. There's nothing worse than being empty except being filled with the wrong stuff. And I hope I get Oh, hello, dear Shanda. Let's see. We'll grab you a chair. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and pray for Shanda in this time frame. I know many of us are, as um, she is going to bring forth life very soon. So God, knowing how desperately we would live hungry and empty, says, good. I'm your father. I will give you this day your daily bread slash who is Jesus in the New Testament. He is the living bread. And the word bread here can actually be used with the word filling. I will give you your daily filling because the object of food is more than tasting, eating, and swallowing. The object of food is to be filled. When you and I are filled, we are what? We're happy campers. When your baby's tummy is filled, What does she do? She nestles in, he nestles in, and he goes to sleep completely content at peace. And all of this pre-work now on give us this day our daily bread slash filling is for the purpose of being filled and living today content, living today at peace. There's nothing like it, girls, but I can't jump ahead to that. Because we have to get back to the fact that you've got to understand this aspect of food and why Jesus put in this, right in the midst of, you know, taking on my Lord's name, holy, and then um, thy kingdom come, God, you reign, you're my king, you come into my kingdom today on earth, 4611 Dartmouth, these really heavy, big subjects, and now he goes, okay, give us this day our daily bread. Doesn't it seem trite in comparison to what we have just been praying about? And God says, no, child, because I know your most basic, shallow need from an empty tummy to the need that you really have filling your soul and your mind and your heart so that you'll live satisfied, not when you get to heaven, not when you grow up, not when things turn out right, not when you get out of this trouble, so you'll live today. Give us what? This day our what? Daily, Daily bread. I am so grateful. That God is in my moments today. Now let's dwell on this for just a little bit longer, and then we're going to get into well, we're not going to get into solutions till next week. So Lord willing, next week. But but think on this. As Jesus is described as the living bread. On your note you have a paper there. Jot down John 6, 33 and 35. It's where Jesus is talking and describing himself as the bread of life. But Back into um, Psalm 107. Here's another great reference on hunger and filling. And this is where most Christians live. They live in Psalm 107 and they're hungry and thirsty. Now, this is talking about the Israelites. They had just seen all that God had done. But, Becky, in the space of 24 hours, of course, we're hungry. Some of you may be hungry right now. (laughs) Yeah. We get hungry so quickly, and that is a parallel to what the Lord wants us to get. We get hungry so quickly, and so here the Israelites are on the road. They've been freed for the first time in their memory. They're not in slavery. They're walking towards God's promises, the promised land, and what are they doing? Tell me. Why? They're hungry. Okay, this is what God's Word says. It's a great chapter to study as you do your homework sheet this week. Hungry and thirsty. This is, this is so important. Hungry and thirsty. What, what fainted in them? Their soul. This is telling me that I am so much more than a physical, Kathy. When I am hungry and thirsty... Because I've just hugged my child goodbye at college or I'm just sending my five year old to school for the first time. Or when I'm hungry and thirsty because there has been a rotten disagreement or there's been a big unfair thing or I'm living through COVID. When I'm hungry and empty because of circumstances, I can't even eat physically, personally. I lose my appetite. I'm thankful (laughs) the big foodie that I am. I'm thankful I don't eat out of, um, what do they call that? Stress eating, yeah, yeah. I I clean cupboards, that's what I do. I, I just attack my house. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come and we'll eat together, Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So understand that he's saying, hungry and thirsty, their soul faint. Their soul was fainting. The most important part of them was fainting. You know why? Not because their tummies were empty, but because they were living in fear. And living in that mode, they totally walk down where their fear took them. It takes me down the same road every time. My fear takes me in the opposite road of my faith. Why wasn't there one mom, one lady, one teenager who said, Hey, wait, I know we're hungry, I know we're thirsty, but guess what? God will provide. Speaking words of truth into your day is the most victorious language For not just your empty tummy or the empty circumstance or the empty confrontation, it's future-oriented. And it stops me from feeding my fear or my anger, and it turns me into, that's right, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Kathy, you have someone inside of you that's going to fill you up. Turn that way. Okay, we've got to go on. So he says, so this is oh so this is what our Lord our Lord answers in that same chapter, verse nine. After, you know, they're hungry and thirsty, their soul's fainting. Come to me, children, we're family, we're home. We're gonna eat, for he satisfieth the longing soul, and ready, filleth the hungry soul with goodness. That's what he does. He filleth another chapter that I encourage you all to memorize. I love Ephesians 3, but the verse I want to take you to is in Ephesians 1. Memorize the book of Ephesians. Some of you can do that. It will change your life. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about God is the filler of all things. He is our filler. Life empties people empty, circumstances empty us every day. And guess what we get to pray? Father, give us this day that which will fill me and strengthen me and comfort me. And he does because he's ready, our Father, and we're family. So he says, I've prepared a table for you, oh, taste and see, but more importantly, be filled with the good things I have for you. Ephesians 1.23 was the reference I wanted to take you to. So Jesus calls us to the table, acknowledging his children's basic need. I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm empty, I'm empty. And he tells me to pray this prayer. When I pray, Father, give me this day my daily bread, what I am doing is I am acknowledging that God is our sustainer and provider for all my empty moments today. Today. See, he's my father. He will provide all I need for my emptiness. When I get to heaven, no. When I get my way, no. When I get through this hard time, no. When my children are are home and around the table again, no, no, no. Today, he says, I will fill you up. Up with exactly what you need. And my response to that is ready? Yum. Yum. Father, I can't wait to see what you're going to do with my emptiness. So that being the truth for my day, then you know what, girls? We must be the most worry-free, carefree, peace-filled, unflappable, patient, easygoing, relaxed, happy people on the face of God's good earth. Oh, so somehow we have disconnected from the truth that we know to the person I am. Ouch. Ouch. Matter of fact, look at your neighbor and ask her. Did that just describe you? Ask her. <laughs> 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 and and your neighbor says, well, it will someday when I'm in heaven. <laughs> And I'm perfect, and all those people I live with are perfect. And God says, no, 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 go back to what you're to pray right now. Give me this day my daily sustenance, my daily strength, my daily patience, my daily forgiveness, my daily kindness. God, provide in me what I need in this moment because your father says there is nothing to worry about. God says, be careful for nothing. Don't be overworked, overstressed, overconcerned about anything I am referring to today. It's not for the lady next to you. It's not for this lady in front of you. It is for you and me today. So let me get through this one last thing really quickly. We're not going to get through this lesson, but you have homework. And you can't believe what we're going to step into, Lord willing, next week. Okay, your, your, uh, your accountability question was uh, this morning, was I worry free, peace filled, unflappable, patient, easygoing, relaxed, and happy? And you've got to be honest. <laughs> and this is where God wants you and me to be every moment of every day. How come we don't live it? Okay, here c- comes a part of that solution. Your Sunday school te- uh, cookie was a slice of bread. It is for the picture of Matthew 6.11. But on top of that slice, it's not peanut butter. It's a leaf, a fall leaf, a fallen leaf, and a falling leaf. Now, I could draw right now symbolism to that until next Sunday, but I can't because there's a whole different point that I want to get to. This is it. The fall leaf, what does this have to do with my daily bread? I'll tell you what. It's a new season. It's a new season. And... Every single day we deal with change. Every single one of us are in a constant flux of change. The leaf on your bread symbolizes change. It's a new season. What does that mean? Well, it means everything changes. Our health, our spouse, our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our finances, our jobs, our responsibilities. Our minds change. Our desires change. Our pursuits change. Our goals change. Our talents and abilities change. They all change every single day. Like you can picture yourself as a kaleidoscope, and you're looking at your day. And as you turn this kaleidoscope that is you and is your day, even as the earth is turning, you are turning, and it's ever, ever changing. You're a different person than you were 20 minutes ago when you walked into this class. Turn to the lady next to you and say, you've changed. You've changed. Because you have. You have. You you heard about the man who went to the doctor because every time he saw a penny, nickel, dime, or quarter, he just spazzed out. He was horribly upset. Oh, no problem, said the doctor. You're just afraid of change. Okay. Well, the deeper meaning to that antidote is this. We are afraid of change. We are afraid. And guess what? All of life changes, and God gives me this huge pronouncement, and he says, child, fret not. Be anxious over nothing. And how and why can he say that? And who says that? You know who says that? The only one who changes not. And on his authority, he says, I am in control of every of exactly what you need, Maya, for the next moment. I'm exactly sufficient and will fill you, Cindy, as you pray for your daughters. Oh, so many wonderful things concerning. So guess what? With all the life's changes, we say, How can I not worry? Because the one who tells me not to worry is the one who changes not. This is what Elsie says, and you all know it from my old Sunday school lesson, Psalm, I mean Isaiah 41, 13. I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Don't fear change. It will be the catalyst that God uses, ready to change you and me. Now, where's the picture of Clint? And I will quickly close this. This this was Clint. Change. Okay, I don't care whether it's a little thing or a big thing. I don't care if it's a change in which you've lost your phone and you can't find it. Am I living in peace when I'm looking for the phone? God says you can. You can. You don't have to live, Kathy, in that frustration of, ah, oh, you don't have to have that. You can live at peace in the little, little things to the very big things. This is Clint's first day at school. Did you see that grin on his face from ear to ear? Do you know all that? Do you know how happy he was that he was going to do what his sisters do, that he had his own lunchbox, that he was going to go to school? And I don't know if you could see this, but in, in this door is my reflection taking Clint's picture. And I have a big smile on my face, but inside, girls, I was so filled with fear, I can remember it like it was five minutes ago. Years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And I had learned this lesson concerning fear and where it takes me years. Before that, when the girls were going through convulsions and Clint wasn't even born yet. But then, wow, did it get stamped on me when God gave us Clint. And I had to literally put into practice, give me this day my daily filling, my daily bread. I got to cut this off, but just... You've got homework. You are going to love your homework. It's going to reveal. It's going to strip back the layers that we all put on ourselves. It is not change. We keep blaming our fear or our anger that we live with on change. Well, he's changed. Or my circumstances changed. Or I'm in COVID-19. No, that's not the problem. The problem is not in people and circumstances. It's in me. And God says, I can't wait to change that. And we're going to step into this next week, and you are just going to love it because it's so attainable. It's so victorious. Meanwhile, do your homework this week, and if you can remember, put it in your Bible so you bring it back next week, Lord willing, okay?